welcome to the Ipsay podcast. We are Ipsay, the independent regulator of the majority of newspapers and magazines in the UK. These podcasts are for anyone who's interested in newspapers, the media, journalism, how the press is regulated, and of course, Ipsay's work. I'm your host, Vicky, and I'm joined today by Joint Head of Complaints, Holly Pick. And we are talking about the thing that everybody is talking about at the minute, really, which is the general election and specifically the rules around election reporting. Um, so it goes without saying that the forthcoming election is going to be a key focus for most of the UK's newspapers and magazines in the coming weeks. We'll probably all be very tired of it by the end. Um, and although the outcome isn't really certain, I think we can be pretty sure, Holly, um, that the election is going to generate headlines, analysis, yeah. opinion, commentary. It's going to be coming out of our ears. Um, so with that in mind, um, we're going to look at I guess the frequently asked questions around election reporting so that people can understand what newspapers can and can't yeah. do when they're reporting on the elections. Start straight in with the big one, shall we? What actually are the rules around election reporting? Well, in fact, the rules around the elections are exactly the same as they are for the, for the rest of the year. Um, newspapers and magazines are free to publish what they consider to be appropriate as long as they make sure that they follow the rules set out in the Editor's Code of Practice. So regular listeners will know that yeah. the, the Editor's Code is a set of rules that newspapers and magazines must follow. Um, yeah, so it covers things like accuracy, uh, privacy, um, discrimination, uh, that kind of thing, but it's all exactly the same um, in, in an election period. As it is any other time of year. Yeah, yeah. Um, something we, we get asked quite a lot is actually if newspapers have to respect PERDA, um, just explain what PERDA is for anybody that doesn't know. Say, um, it's a term used across local and, and I guess central government as well to describe the period of time immediately before elections or referendums, things like that. And it's kind of a, a restriction on activity of civil service, um, civil servants even. Um, so it covers things like announcements and information requests and ministerial visits. Um, and it's really kind of all about taking extra care of official kind of communications during that campaign period. Do we have something like that for newspapers? No, absolutely not. There's nothing like that for newspapers. Um, they're free to report on all aspects of the election. Um, and in fact, newspaper coverage is one of the main ways that candidates and parties communicate with their potential voters. So um, it's, of course, in the public interest for newspapers to report on the election. Um, and yeah, there are, there are no restrictions like in respect of PERDA. Something that we see quite a lot is that newspapers in particular might take a kind of line or a kind of endorse a candidate or kind yeah, of, yeah. I guess, almost campaign for yeah. a, a specific candidate in a way. And we do get a lot of ca uh, complaints about, the, uh, about this. But in fact, the code specifically states that newspapers are free to editorialise and campaign. But um, so they they can, you know, take a position and be biased, but they must clearly distinguish between comment, conjecture and fact. That's what it says in clause one of the code, which is about accuracy. So what would that mean in practice, Holly? So, yeah, as an example, a newspaper could publish an article being very, very critical of a, of a political party's manifesto and saying how rubbish it is. But what they couldn't do is misrepresent that manifesto and say that there was something in it when there, when there wasn't. That would be a factual inaccuracy, but, but they can say that they think it's terrible and it would have all these negative repercussions. Mm, so obviously they can have opinions about something, yeah. but they must kind of represent it accurately, get, get all the facts right. Get the facts right, exactly, yeah. So something that's a little bit different um, from newspapers to kind of 
broadcast and other things is a kind of requirement for balance. We quite often get asked, not just in elections, about whether newspapers, newspaper coverage has to be balanced. Yeah, the, the Editor's Code doesn't have any requirement for balance. The selection and presentation of material is entirely up to editors, um, obviously as long as they take care that they don't breach the code. So they can give particular stories more, you know, greater prominence than another story. So similarly to kind of balance, um, often people will say, oh, this this article is biased in favour of yeah. X, Y or Z. Um, what's the code's position on that? Uh, it's like campaigning. The, the, the code, it's, it allows bias. They can express their opinion. They can favour one party over another party um, and, and take a clear position. Um, what they mustn't do is um, publish inaccurate or misleading or distorted material and they always have to clearly distinguish between comment, conjecture and fact. So it's a bit like what we said earlier. They have to get their facts right, but they can, they can you know, have, take, a strong, can have sometimes a very strong, strong opinions yeah, on, on yeah. kind of one thing or another. Absolutely. Um, so we have talked quite a lot about the need for accuracy here. Um, so in terms of election reporting, what can Ipse do? So, I mean, if, if uh, people have concerns that um, a newspaper has published an article that, has, that contains significant inaccuracies and they could certainly complain to us, um, we need them just to identify what the inaccuracies are and explain what they consider the correct position to be. And we can certainly uh, consider a complaint about that. Where we where we can't consider complaints is when when complainants just disagree with an opinion that a newspaper has expressed about a particular party. Mm. Or All a complaints have candidate. to be framed under that editor's Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I guess something else interesting that we're doing is that obviously we do monitor um, wider concerns about press coverage and kind of we use that to identify themes and issues in editorial standards. So obviously election reporting is something that we are focusing on at yeah, the minute as yeah, well. Um, we may well do a, potentially another podcast maybe after the election and we can we can see what some yeah. of the key kind of editorial themes might, might be. Um, so this is the section of the podcast where everyone's favourite section where we look at the uh, um, some examples of Ipse ruling. So yeah. I have picked out um, a few kind of case studies to do with different elections and referendums, which I think throw up some some interesting issues. So tell us about McDonald versus The Express. Um, so, yeah, so this one was a Daily Express um, article that was published in the run up to the Brexit referendum. Um, and the newspaper published an article where the headline said 98% say no to EU deal. And that was in its print edition. And then it went on to say that 98% of people who took part in a phone survey said that the decision to leave the EU should be enacted now rather than after talks with Brussels. And Ipso received a complaint under Clause 1, which is about accuracy, that the headline was misleading because it didn't make clear that the 98% figure had come from a phone survey of Daily Express readers rather than um, representing the view of the public at large. So the Complaints Committee upheld the complaint because they found that the, the article just hadn't made clear that um, it was a, a survey of Daily Express readers rather than the, a view expressed by the public generally. Um, and so they had to publish an adjudica adjudication which would set the record straight. So just to be clear for people that don't know, an um, adjudication is kind of 
the complaints committees made serious sanctions. So that is a, a kind of long form yeah, yeah. Um, piece that the newspaper has to exactly. carry. Exactly. So it explains explains what the complaint was, what the newspaper said, and then and then um, what the committee's ruling was. Um, so another kind of statistics one. I, I guess um, actually kind of reporting of polls and stats and stuff is something, but particularly around election times that we kind of see, see yeah, quite yeah. a few complaints about. Um, so this one is Portus versus The Times. And this is about a, a front page article which was published in the run up to the 2015 general election. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is the, the Times, and um, it was an article that was headlined Labour's £1,000 tax on families. And the complainant said that the articles claim that Ed Miliband would saddle every working family with extra taxes equivalent to more than £1,000 was inaccurate. In fact, um, this money was going to come from companies and uh, the UK's richest people. Um, the committee found that the way in which the newspaper had characterised the findings of, of a report which was publicly available and by the Institute of Fiscal Studies, um, which had analysed the Labour Party's tax propo proposals, had represented a failure to take care of the accuracy of the article um, and they had published a significant inaccuracy which required correction. Um, and... I guess we'll also just roll out again Buckingham Palace versus yeah, uh, the yeah, Sun. So this is uh, this is a pretty well known. Um, it's a ruling from yeah from the Queen from the Queen. So this was yeah in the run up to the EU referendum, and uh, the the article was headlined big front page splash Queen backs Brexit, and the article reported that two unnamed sources had claimed that the Queen had made critical comments about the EU at two private functions and that this had meant that she was a supporter of the Leave campaign in the EU referendum. Um, the Complaints com Committee upheld the complaint and ordered the Sun to pay to publish a full adjudication with a front-page reference, as the headline was not supported by the, te the text. Basically, the headline was a factual assertion that the Queen backed Brexit, but there was nothing in the article to suggest, um, to support that. And in fact, it was just the newspaper's conjecture based on these two unnamed sources. So that kind of really, I think, demonstrates the kind of being careful not to publish kind of misleading exactly. information to to really distinguish between that kind of opinion it, and exactly and fact, the conjecture and fact. Yeah, absolutely. Which is often when you're having a lot of opinion pieces, um, quite challenging. Yeah, when you're, yeah. You're reading a lot of material like that. Wow, that is, um, that's very interesting, Holly. Thank you very much. Um, if people do have concerns about um, articles that they're reading, that they think have breached the editor's code, what should they do? They should definitely get in touch with us um, and go on our website, ipso.co.uk, and fill out our complaints form, um, where it's sort of very step-by-step -step, um, instructions of how to make your complaint and how to frame it under the code. So thanks very much for listening, um, and we'll be back with another podcast soon.